haunted mayhem. Welcome to Haunted Mayhem. I'm your host, Brandy Nicole, and I'm here to share a murder and the mayhem that follows. It's spooky season, guys. Are you excited? I'm excited. Can you tell I'm excited? I mean, I'm just a little excited. This is my absolute favorite time of the year. The cooler temperatures, the scary movies, the books and costumes just the all-around pumpkin fun, minus the pumpkin spice. I am not that girl. I have tried a few different things, but it's just not. Like, okay, I like like the wax melts and the candles, but do not hand me a pumpkin spice frosty unless you want it in your face, because that's where it's going to end up. Um, I do tend to go a bit overboard this time of year. I want to do all the spooky fun things. But my decoration game has been lacking. But now that homecoming is over and my daughter got her beautiful night to shine. And oh my gosh, she's so pretty. Um, I'm ready to ramp it up. I'm ready to get things going. I'm actually thinking after I'm done recording, some skeletons are getting hung. Fall is just my season. It always has been. I mean, like, I can remember back as a kid, I could just feel it in the air, and I was so excited. I knew that Halloween was coming, and chili, and deer camp, and, like, it was it was just my favorite. Um, but it's kind of like ice cream, you know, or, or uh, pizza. You just have your favorites. While I enjoy all the sweet, chilling goodness of ice creams, vanilla will always be my favorite go-to. No different with seasons. Um, winter's probably my least favorite, like chocolate's my least favorite ice cream. Listen, I know no judgment, judge me. I don't really care. Um, but I don't like winter because I'm very cold nature and with like my MS and all that, like it just hurts. So I'm more of a ripped tile like just lay me on a rock in the sun and leave me be um I do want to take a moment I know like spooky season's here and it's been fun and it's that awesome time of year but just because it's being awesome for most people doesn't mean that it is for all people and as sad as it is I do want to bring this up and take a moment to offer up prayers for Israel Um, The footage coming from this weekend has been horrific. And I hope justice is served to the people responsible for starting this war one way or another. I think in the most painful way possible, but whatever gets the job done because it is unimaginable. It is uncalled for. And those poor people who were just, you know, living their life. And then all of a sudden, bam, and then you've got kids being kidnapped. You've got women being kidnapped. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible situation. And um, I will be looking for, um, you know, things, ways to help 
that are legit. I know this is all fresh and I really haven't seen a lot of things as far as like ways to help yet. Um, but as soon as I do, I'm going to be sharing them. I, I also want to add that, um, Haunted Mayhem is getting its own social media platforms. I was against it at first, but between, um, just life bookish stuff and the podcast stuff, it just, it's, it's kind of complicated. And people who just want to hear the podcast are like, I can't find your stuff. People who just want my book stuff is like, okay, I really don't care about your podcast. No, they didn't really say that, but might as well. Um, anyway, so things are getting split up. Um, my website will still have everything in one general spot, book stuff, newsletter stuff, um, podcast stuff, things like that. But as far as social media, we're going to get the, that going. And so I'm hoping to get that done by the end of the week and I will be sharing stuff. Um, once I find it on ways to help Israel. Um, but right now, you know, I know it's not a lot that we can do, but prayers for them for sure. Um, all right, let's jump over to the recommendations corner. Okay. A recent book. Yeah, that's kind of been put to the side. Um, I am going to do a little self promotion here. <laughs> it is my podcast, but just because I've had a lot going on in the book world, um, as far as like that, I normally don't talk about, um, I haven't had a lot of time to read. So I'm going to tell you what's been going on. Um, October is full of so many fun opportunities for paranormal authors, fantasy authors, mystery authors, and whether you know it or not, I write all three. So this month I have had the privilege to be a part of the spooktacular bingo event that Book of Matches Media is putting on. They are featuring Deep in the Hollow on their bingo card. Yay! Um, this is my paranormal suspense romance. Uh, it's a deep in the hollow means a lot to me, like a lot. It's an urban legend based in the town where I was born and raised and still currently reside. But where it comes in to just like really meaningful to me is I can remember sitting on my grandpa's lap and him telling me story after story after story about the Dover lots. And, but like nobody knew what they were. Um, but you could go up there and sit and hang out with your friends and watch for them to pop out in the, in the valley below. Um, sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't, but I grew up obsessed with figuring out what they were. I wanted to know. Fun part to this day, no one knows. I've actually been up there where scientists who had all this funky scientist equipment stuff. I don't know what it was, but it was like airware. Um, had tents. They camped up there for a week. They were taking all these different like imaging and, you know, I'm sorry, thermal. And I don't know. They were just checking it all out. Um, and they'd given us their business card and was like, you know, we'll have to do a research paper and da, 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 da. We'll be posting it on our website. And they were from some institute in Texas. And uh, I followed up. It was like a year or two later when I finally remembered like, oh, hey, I wonder what those scientists ever came up with. Um, I, I did look into it and they had no answers. So no one knows. But in my book, I obviously spend the conclusion to have an ending. Um, 
But all the flashbacks and town stories came from old timers in the town, which makes the book even more interesting. So, you know, if you like paranormal suspense, enjoy a good ghost story, enjoy a good mystery. It is on sale this month for 99 cents on Amazon. And if you're on Instagram, you should check out Book of Matches Media and join the spooktacular bingo. You could win some really cool prizes. Um, other bookish things I've been doing. I've also been working on final things and wrap ups with my upcoming release of Death, Roots, and Life. Um, it will be released on October 26th. So, yeah. Between all these events and Hoko and spooky season, the downtime has gone back to non-existing. Yay. But on the movie side of things, I did get to watch a new movie. Um, we managed to pull off a movie night with two of our kids. Jace during spooky season, my middle, um, he's not about it. And I'm not about him sleeping with me. So we usually make arrangements for when he's like spending the night with his aunt or with his grandparents. We have a speaking night. Well, I ramped things up this time. I was like, guys, I dare you to watch spooky movies outside with me. And my two, my oldest and my youngest were like, deal. My husband was like, are you serious? <laughs> so everybody finally got on board. Um, we got our lawn chairs. We set uh, the screen up outside. And the first one we started off with was a um, classic. We watched Scream. That's okay. I'm not going to lie. That's a little eerie when you're outside and you, you know, you're watching someone get stabbed to death and chase through the woods or just chase her. And, and like the wind kind of whispers across your neck and you're like, I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like there is a whole forest behind my back. Don't think about, I mean, like I've kept my cool, but it was, I mean, I know I was the one to set the dare and I was not going to be the one to back down. But I kind of noticed how everybody, you know, started scrunching in the farther into the movie we got. Like, chairs started getting a little closer. More animals were being cuddled. Blankets got a little tighter. Um, so, yeah, it definitely gives that creep factor that, you know, you really want. Um, the other movie that we watched that was new to me, and I was kind of like, ah, I was on the fence about it. Because it just, like... Um, uh, but my, you know, my kids begged and they've been begging and that was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Zero stars. Zero. I love horror movies. Okay. This wasn't even a horror movie. This was, there was no storyline. I think that's the thing that bothered me the most. There was no rhyme or reason. I, well, I mean, like I get that they were, I'm not going to give anything away. I get that Pooh and Piglet were pissed, but there was no like conclusion. There was no, there was no nothing. There was just, it was just, eh, we're just going to like smash your head in. It was just like, how gory can we get with these kills? I mean, seriously. 
Um, in fact, that's what my, uh, 12 year old, he asked me, he's like, mom, which kill do you think was the grossest? I said, all of them. It, it just, I was like, I did not like this movie at all. Um, my daughter didn't like it because it was Pooh and Piglet and you know, they grew up watching Pooh and Piglet. So, um, it would have been a lot better if there had been some kind of storyline, like some kind of something other than what it was. And so I was very disappointed and will not be watching it again. But you know, hey, if you just like watching people get bashed in the head until there's nothing left but mush and, you know, a pig screaming into the night air as it's stabbing someone, go ahead and give it a watch. You know, you might get a chuckle out of it. I don't know. Um, it just wasn't for me. I like, you know, like I said, I like horror movies, but I like a storyline to go along with it. So you're like, oh my gosh, you get invested. I was not invested in this. And I was just like, how much longer are we going to have to endure this? So anyway, um, what's happening on the once upon a podcast corner? You might be asking, well, if not, I'm going to tell you anyway. So this week, actually this last couple of these last two weeks, um, there's been a few new episodes on the network from the genuine creative trust the process. And this episode, um, they talk about the phrase, trust the process, regardless of what the thing is you are working on and towards our attitude about the process and how we show up for it lays out everything on our path. Let me tell you something. I preach that every day to my children. Like they complain about school and then they have a bad day and then they come home and they're happy to be home. Well, you know what? You could have had a good day throughout the process to getting back home if you would have had a better attitude going into it. Yeah, you don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to work, but you know what? I do want to get paid. So let's make the best of it. Change our outlook. Look forward to something in school. Think about your friends. Change the way you look at things and it will be better versus you just being a negative Nancy and having a bad day. You made yourself out a bad day because of your outlook on it. So yes, I'm, you know, I'm gonna make them listen to that episode and they're not gonna unlock it. <laughs> okay, on Excelsior Journeys, um, author and writing teacher Lael Davidson is taking you beyond sight. This week, host and producer George Soros is starting the month of October in the best possible way by introducing you to Lael Davidson. Lael is not only an award-winning author of magical realism and fantasy, but this week she is celebrating the launch of her latest novel, Beyond Sight. In addition to her books currently for sale, Lael is also preparing the next generation of authors as a writing teacher, which she shares with us this week. Oh, that'll be a good one to tune into. On Starlight Tea... Belinda and Christy start a multi-part series for the fall season that serves the tea on shadow work. They begin by discussing what is, 
why it's so important to look into our own shadows and how doing the work can help us heal and be whole. See, there it is again. It, it's, I'm telling you, that's the center point of life. Doing the work. How we perceive, how we, yeah, don't, I need to get my own podcast on, you know, psychology or something, life, pre- I could be, my life, my, my daughter tells me all the time I could be a life coach, which I'm pretty sure I could be because, yeah, I coach her daily. <laughs> um, on, on pause life, the girls talk about their acupuncture report, Needle and relaxation does not sound that relaxing, does it? I'm going to have to tune in to see how that actually goes. And on Audio Drama Sunday Theater, Liars and Leeches. Um, welcome to the latest episode of Audio Drama Sunday Theater. Producer and host George Soros presents for your listening pleasure the first episode of the Hemlock Creek Productions horror serial Liars and Leeches. Ooh, if you like grief, anxiety, and terror, join in. So, lots of fun things happening on the Once Upon a Podcast Network. Definitely be tuning in. And of course, you know, this fabulous new episode of Haunted Mayhem. Speaking of which, I think it's that time. Let's shift gears and move on to why we are here. The murder and the mayhem that followed. This week, we are going back to the 80s. Oh, what a sweet time, the 80s, when serial killers were out and about. They could roam the streets without worry of technology. Children played and frolicked and were easily snatched because, hey, go outside. Leave me alone. I mean, things have really changed since the 80s, but let's just say I've heard it's a pretty good decade. I mean, it was the decade I was born, but there was a lot of fun to be had. And there was a lot of fear to be had. Just nobody had it. The awareness was not what it is today, which is why so many... Horrible stories come from like 1990 and before that, like all the way back to like dinosaur days. They'll just be beating each other. But anyway, so this is a case in 1982, 13 year old Carrie Ann Jopic vanished after getting suspended from school in Wisconsin. It would take 33 years before the case was cracked. And like, I watch a lot of Dateline and seriously, what it takes, there's one I was watching the other night and it took them 40 years and the guy was like 78 and he ended up only serving two years in jail. That's not fair. He lived 40 years and I know it's not, I'm not blaming the police. I'm not blaming, but really was justice served. I don't think so. And for this little crapshoot here to go and live for 33 years when he took the life of a 13 year old makes me sick. And honestly, this case wasn't cracked because new evidence came to light or because, you know, the police found something they didn't before. 
It was because the dude was like, I'm tired of being haunted. I've got to tell my story. Well, crackpot, you should have told it a lot longer than that. I mean, this girl's family deserved the peace. But anyway, it just makes me mad. I'm just, how can you live with that? Like, well, I mean, like, how can you murder somebody? So, like, I guess those questions go hand in hand, huh? Like, well, I mean, if you can stand to kill them, I guess you can stand to hide it. I don't know. I just think they're both disgusting. So there we go. All right. Carrie Ann Jopek was a 13-year-old seventh grader at Kosciuszko Middle School in Cudi, Wisconsin. So y'all know I'm from the South. And a lot of times, even though I did the whole giggle speech thing, Sometimes there's words that just get me, especially long, weird words with a bunch of S's, C's, and Z's. Like, I'm doing my best. If you know the school, hit me up and I will fix it. I will include a corrections corner. But yeah, there's probably going to be some words that are just, or some town names or somebody else's name. It's like, what? Um, do my best, but it is what it is. All right, when she disappeared on the 16th of March in 1982, she had been suspended from school for walking the halls, but after leaving school that afternoon, she never arrived back home. Now, in some reports that I read while doing my research, um, some said that she got suspended on purpose. Um, others said that, you know, it, it, she didn't do it on purpose. Either way, she did get, on all accounts, she did get suspended. Um, Carrie's remains wouldn't be found until more than a year later when human remains were discovered by a contractor that had been working on the back porch of a house just across the street from Carrie's house. Buried with the remains was a jacket, which was identified by Carrie's mother, Carolyn. I verified her clothing, her torn jacket on the side, which I had sewed. Oh, that's so sad. Elaine Samuels, an associated medical examiner, said that some kind of scuffle probably preceded Carrie's death, adding that there was no evidence that she had been shot, stabbed, or suffered head trauma. She could not determine a cause of death, but because she was buried, somebody else had evidently been involved. Yes, because one cannot bury thyself. There would be an unexpected breakthrough in the case in October of 2015 when 50-year-old Jose Ferreira called WISN 12 News to reveal a deep and disturbing secret. Guess what he done? <gasps> if you're thinking he killed Mar- if, if you think he murdered Carrie, you're correct. He said that when he was 17 years old, he murdered Carrie. Hmm. But we couldn't tell anybody about that until we were 50. Way to live your life, dude. According to Ferreira, he and Carrie had been at a party at the home where her body was eventually found. He said that he saw her take a puff of marijuana that he had given her. After that, he asked her if she wanted to go down to the basement where he expected that she would make out with him. That's 
perfect. Just drug her up and then take her to the basement. Oh, piece of scum. However, Carrie said before they went down the stairs, I don't know if this is a good idea. Ferreira said he stared at her and said, you are going downstairs. He admitted that he then shoved Carrie down the basement stairs. She hit the railing and wall and then tumbled to the floor. Now, this is where it's super disturbing. And people who do this, I just, I super don't get, okay, you know what? You, you hold on to your secrets because you don't want to go to jail because you, you murdered somebody. How you murder somebody? I don't know. This stuff I'm about to say right here and trigger warning. If you have uh, ever been like sexually assaulted or what, just prepare yourself. You may want to skip. Um, but what I'm about to tell you now and when I hear of this that people do, I'm just. I don't understand. I don't think I will ever understand. I mean, I have studied psychology. I understand that sexual, you know, urges happen. But stuff like this, that's not an urge. That's like an urge of darkness that needs to be figured out and handled because it happens way too often. And when you listen to these serial killer tales and you hear about all these rapist tales, like the things that they do, like stuff needs our mental health evaluations need to be, to get better. Um, mental health awareness needs to become an everyday norm. Um, we just, we have to do better because this is sad. And it, like I said, it happens all the time. It's happened to several, several people and it is just disgusting. So he claimed that he thought that she was unconscious and proceeded to sexually abuse her. As he said, he saw it as an opportunity. Way to go, dude. Even though you thought she was unconscious, she wasn't giving you her consent. <laughs> According to Ferreira, he then realized that Carrie wasn't unconscious, but dead. So he decided to bury her. So, like, he seriously raped her, thinking she was unconscious, which is not okay. Even if she hadn't have been dead, was once you found out she was dead, you just had... You just done that to a corpse and there's people that do that on purpose. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, what are you doing? Why you need help? Um, but don't, don't be, you know, having relations with anybody who has not given you their consent. It's not okay. And if you have those urges, seek help because it's not, it's not right. It's not okay. You're both going to be victimized. You're, you're hurting that other person and there is help out there for you. So, and like, we just need to shed a light on what is this and how do we fix it? Because it is not okay to be raped. It is not okay to, um, drug someone and make them unconscious so you don't have to fight them. Um, it's definitely not okay to shove somebody down some steps and 
have your way with them and then realize, oh crap, I, I killed them. And then bury them in the backyard and keep your mouth shut for 33 years. Mm-mm. Uh, Ferreira said he opened the basement door, grabbed a shovel, and buried her underneath the porch. Mm. Uh, Ferreira also confessed the murder to his wife on the same day. While Ferreira was calling WISN 12 News, she went to the police. Good for freaking her. Dude, I, I hope she slugged him first, too, because that's, I, I just slugged him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ferreira would be arrested and charged with the second degree murder of Carrie. According to investigators, Ferreira and the other teenagers at the party that day had been considered suspects or at least persons of interest, but there was never any evidence to warrant an arrest. It's been 33 years since she's been gone. I've been praying for this day, said her mother, Caroline. She said that she believed her daughter had gotten suspended from school on purpose so that she could attend the party with her the other teenagers that afternoon the school had given caroline an option that day to pick her daughter up or let her walk the short distance home she chose the latter and it was a decision that has haunted her ever since mama you can't take the blame on yourself if she got suspended to go to a party even if you would have picked her up she would have probably still went to that party even if you would have grounded her Sneaking out the window, especially if the party was right across the street, probably would have happened. Um, decisions were made by Caroline too, but decisions were made by Ferreira. None of this is your fault, Mama. None of it. Over the years, the murderer even befriended the victim's family. How freaking disgusting. Disgusting. Like, okay, I get you feel guilty but like do the guilty thing where you ignore them um no let's do the guilty thing where we become besties as the guilt tortured him and possibly it being the girl's spirit um joe peck's mother told the media at the time that ferrera once told her of his torment he said he was haunted he told me Your daughter's haunting me, and I believe she was. Many would wonder why it had taken Ferreira so long to come forward and confess. Ferreira would provide that that answer when he said that Carrie's ghost had been haunting him. Despite the fact that he made a full confession, he would plead not guilty to Carrie's murder. (laughs) Of course he would. Why not? He would subsequently be found contempt to stand trial. I mean, you know, why make it easy? Why why not say guilty so you don't have to drag this poor family through more crap? Um, you've done confess, dude. You literally called the news station to confess. Your wife has gone to the police station to tell them what you told her. You've already basically confessed. Why say not guilty to go to trial and keep this poor family that you've already ruined in torture? It's that's not that's not okay. You're you are doing all these not okay things, and I hope you rotted in jail and still are. Early the following year, however, Ferrera would appear in court where he changed his plea to guilty. Okay. So, 
he could have drug it on and not changed his plea, but the guilty plea should have still stood in the very beginning. And that way he did not keep doing this for a year. It could have rested, been done a year ago, and the family could have moved on. Instead, because when you go to these courts and, and, and you have to go to trial and stuff, you are constantly being reminded of why you're going, what's going to happen. You're going to have to talk about it. You're going to have to bring up all those memories again. It's not just, I'm going to go the day of court and see what happens. It doesn't work that way. You are literally going to be drugged through the mud as a family member who's already been through pain. And it's just, it's just terrible. Earlier the following year, okay, he had reached a plea agreement in which he pleaded guilty to amend charges, including attempted second degree sexual assault, use of, use of force as a party to a crime, and false imprisonment as a party to a crime. In court, he said, I just want this over and done with. Why didn't you do that 50 or 33 years ago, dude? I mean... How did you have a family and live life knowing what you, knowing that she was there across the street from her mother who was pleading with people to help her? You disgusting. The agreement came through mediation and with the consideration of limitations and evidence needed from almost 35 years ago, at least now he is going to be sentenced. <laughs> at least now. At least he, at least she has some closure and we have some closure. Assistant D District Attorney Carl Hayes had acknowledged that the case against Ferreira would have been difficult to prosecute. He referred to Ferreira as a pathetic individual. I agree. Adding that he posed no threat to, to the public anymore. Both he and Ferreira's defense lawyer painted a picture of a man who had been plagued by a tortured life. Oh, please, let the crocodile tears start now. <laughs> he had brushes with law enforcement throughout the years and suffered from mental health issues. I really do believe that. Obvi. Um, he had also become an alcoholic and had been drinking heavily in the run-up to his confession. Probably because you're being haunted, dude. I mean, I, if I was being haunted and needed to suppress some stuff i'd probably drink too um you know a couple bottles you know here and there whatever whatever helps chill the mood but um all of that could have stopped long ago if you would have just came forward just come forward um assistant Dr district attorney carl hayes said mr ferreira had hit a wall sort of a rock bottom Jose Pereira would be sentenced to just seven years. In seven years? You, mm -mm, I, that, what? I mean, you cannot say, well, you know, he's already served 33 years because, no, he didn't. I mean, seven, you're, you're only going to make him do seven years of time for killing somebody? Really? Um, the, the, the judge did say that was the maximum he could oppose. So I just don't understand. How, though? I mean, he admitted to the murder. They found the body. How can that evidence provide you just enough 
to give him a seven-year max sentence. Um, Ferrer was asked if he wanted to provide a statement. He said, I can't take back how it happened. Sorry. From the deepest pain in my heart, sorry. Caroline was allowed, was also allowed to provide a statement. She said, he's still alive. Carrie's gone. The only time I'll see her again is in heaven. Caroline also said that she didn't believe that Ferreira was truly remorseful. I mean, did it really sound like it? Sorry. From the deepest pain in my heart, sorry. That does not sound remorseful at all. Caroline believed that her daughter had been haunting him, stating that girl was very persistent. And that's what all bullies boils down to right there. Um, to me, he didn't sound sorry at all. Um, if that was his state, if that was the only thing that he stated, sorry from the deepest pain to my heart, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Have you ever heard of that? That's kind of what you said. Um, so I believe that Carrie was like, you know what? If you're not going to confess to what you did to me, let me just have a little fun. Let me just let you not forget about me. And so she made his life mayhem. He became an alcoholic. I hope he had a miserable life because seven years, really? Seven years? Oh my geez. Sometimes I, you know, you want to believe in the system. You're told to believe in the system. But then you hear about some stuff sometimes and you're like, hmm, I don't know if I can believe in the system. But you know, it's always a case by case basis. So we're going to switch gears here and go to your hometown haunts. All right. This one comes from Zombie Toes. I flippin' love that username. That is great. Um... Zombie Toes says, in 1979, a high school teacher and the principal murdered another teacher and her kids for her insurance money. Oh, my gosh. Kids were never found. They made a book and movie about it. Echoes in the Darkness. Okay, now I gotta check that out. All right. And Zombie Toes provided us a link. Let's click on it. Okay. So, here we go. Here's a little synopsis of the murdered teacher. When police found the beaten body of Philadelphia area English teacher Susan Rennert wrapped in chains and stuffed in the trunk of her car in a Harrisburg area parking lot in June 1979, they took the first steps in unraveling a tale of secret love affairs and betrayal. Rennert, who was married with two children, Karen, 11, and Michael, 10, began her affair with fellow Upper Marion area high school teacher William Bradfield. In the mid-1970s. See, we're, we're back in that 70s era, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. Woo! By the time of her murder, Rennert had divorced her husband and taking out a $730,000 life insurance policy payable solely to Bradford. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Honey, you don't pick out a life insurance Uh, I'm looking up how much $730,000 is in today's money. It is uh, 
$776,520. Um, wow. <laughs> That's a lot. And this poor lady wasn't even married to the dude. She was just having an affair with him. Ah, by the time of her murder. Oh, wait, wait, wait sorry. Da, 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 da. Bradfield and J.C. Smith, former principal of the high school, were charged with her murder and those of her children, whose bodies were never found. Bradfield was convicted of planning the murders and Smith of carrying them out. Oh, my gosh. All for her insurance money that she gave to him without even being married to him. That's trapped there all day long. Red flag. Always look for those red flags. Oh, my gosh. They flying high. They flying proud. Like white van pulls up beside you and offers you some ice cream. Don't take it. I just, just don't do it. Stay alive. Stay alive. All right. So I'm going to wrap this up since we have went way over. I had another hometown, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up and save them for next time. So do you have a hometown haunt to share? A murder gone wrong? An urban legend that haunts your town. A crazy grandpa who sits and tells fables that could be true. Who's to say? Send them in and let them be heard. Brandy at brandynicole.com. Thanks for tuning in to another haunting episode. Until next time, friends. Bye. Haunted Mayhem.